Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years, only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. And if you are looking for a place to make your online wagers, Head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus when you do. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Your podcast sportsbook expert, Steve Fezzik, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, does a terrific job. Highly encourage you to follow him on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. As you know, he's the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest. Steve, very interested to break down some of these free agent moves with you. I, of course, am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Ross Tucker NFL. If you're a Facebook person, it's facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And, of course, you can always be first to know when the show has been posted if you follow our producer, Brian, at RTF Podcast. He's the one that makes sure the show sounds great. Posts it on all your podcast apps as well as on Twitter, at RTF podcast which is awesome reminder by the way really easy 
to ask Steve any question you want. Take advantage of any of our sponsors, like betonline.ag, but any of them that you hear us mention, or if you just go to the sponsor tab at rostucker.com, you can see what they all are and then ask a question, or you can just rate and review the show, which is awesome. Just rate and review, boom, and then you take a screenshot of that, send it to me, ross at rostucker.com, with whatever specific question you have for Steve. We're going to get into some of the free agent moves that have been reported thus far and what Steve thinks in terms of the impact they have or do not have on these teams and their outlook for the 2019 NFL season. We'll also, of course, get your tip, Steve, on College Hoops, Conference Championship Week, and March Madness coming up next week. Best gift idea ever, myfrontpagestory.com, period. For whatever it is, I'm just telling you, myfrontpagestory.com told you on other shows I invested in the company because basically I've gotten the gift for like three people and it's the best thing out there by a lot, myfrontpagestory.com. All right, so Steve, before we get into anything specific, I am curious, how much does the first couple days of free agency, and I know nothing's official till tomorrow, we're recording this today at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, but in your experience, because I know we talked about it a little bit last week with believing that Nick Foles would go to Jacksonville, which is reportedly happening how much do the big moves that have been reported so far, and obviously with a guy like Anthony Barr, supposedly going to the Jets instead, now he's going with the Vikings, blah, blah, blah. We know nothing's official until tomorrow. But how much do these reported moves make a difference in how you rate these teams, how you grade these teams right now? Non-quarterbacks, almost all of them are non-issues. The only exception would be a truly elite player. So an Antonio Brown, sure, he'll move the needle by, but just half a point, that's all. So a modest increase in the team's power rating. Now, quarterbacks, totally different story. You look at Jacksonville team without a quarterback and Blake Bortles and now picking up one in Nick Foles. Well, that makes a significant difference for Jacksonville. Got it, right. And we talked about that a little bit last week, but in your mind, how much of a difference? In my mind, it's worth three points because I've got Foles as a very capable middle-tier NFL quarterback, and Blake Bortles, not only was he completely struggling, but his team had lost all faith in him to the point that they had benched Blake Bortles and had, had gone with Cody Kessler to try to appease the rest of the team in the defense. So a rare case where getting a quarterback not only will it make the offense better for Jacksonville, but even with some guys that they had to cut, I think the defense will be better because of the locker room attitude. Ross, have you ever played behind with a team that you had just no faith at all in the quarterback? Yeah, I have. Um, well, I'm trying to think. I mean, usually when that was the case, Steve, it was because it was a young guy, and so there was hope there that maybe they would figure it out and get better, right? So I'm sure some of the Cowboys felt that way about Chad Hutchinson when I was there. 
I know after the Bills got rid of Bledsoe that nobody really had any faith in J.P. Lossman. And they ended up cutting me, and they were bad without him. When I, when I got traded to Cleveland, I don't think there was a lot of faith in Charlie Fry, but he was, again, a young guy. So usually it's like young guys. I guess the veteran I played with probably was rookie year Tony Banks, but he had had some success in the league, and we actually went on a winning streak with him. So even though I think guys probably knew he wasn't great, there was kind of a an understanding, I guess, that we could still win with him. I, you know, in general, Steve, it usually is split along the lines of veterans versus young guys. And veterans, you kind of have faith in them, even if they're not a great player, because that you can tell they know what they're doing. And for them to have been in the league that long, they had to have had some success. Whereas young guys, you're kind of uh, skeptical until they prove you otherwise, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And would it be fair to say that you'll be willing to give the younger guys a lot more slack if they're the first ones there for the meetings and um, putting the extra hours in and clearly doing the things that you think will lead them to develop even if they're not there currently? Yes, I think that that's I think that that's a huge part of it. It's how they carry themselves, how they are in the huddle. You know, I mean, I've seen, I've been around rookie quarterbacks. They come in the huddle and you're like, wow, this guy knows, this guy knows what's up. And others that you're like, oh my gosh, this is not good. And, and they all eventually figure that part of it out. But it's almost like you can tell a little bit about them by how they enter that huddle and how confident they are that first time. It says something about their preparation. It says something about just kind of, you know, what they got with them, you know, what they got in them. It absolutely does. So I have a question, though, Steve, because you said you, you increased Jacksonville three points. So you're talking about your power rankings points, right? Correct. So, all so it's not like equal. it's not like it's not like you're increasing them by three wins on a season win total necessarily, or like their offense is going to score three points more for you know like over unders. You're doing it, and give the give the folks a refresher course. I know it's better than an average team, worse than an average team, but give the folks a refresher course in how you do your power rankings since you're saying that Foles would be a a three-point increase in the power rankings. Sure. So what I do with my power ratings is I have a numeric number that represents how much better the team is versus an average NFL team. So a zero would be an average team um, examples would be uh, Atlanta or Green Bay at the end of last year. New England was my highest rated team. They are six and a half, so six and a half points better than an average team. Arizona was my lowest rated team at minus nine, nine points worse than an average team. So my upgrade for Jacksonville going into the year, my preliminary number on them was minus two. I would have had them two points worse than an average team. Now I bump them up three points. Now I've got them one point better currently than an average team. Got it. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily translate over 
to season win totals, I, you know, identically because part of that has to do with their record and st- I mean their uh, their schedule and stuff, right? Exactly. You know, and frankly, that AFC South is looking to be an absolute monster. Think about it, because Indy is a sleeper Super Bowl contender with luck back in a second year now, hopefully fully healthy, and with Jacksonville rated as an above-average team. And you've got Tennessee and Houston as playoff teams. Wow, not an easy game in that division. No, I, I think you're right. What does it mean in your mind, Steve, for the Jags or you know the Raiders to try to put it in perspective? You said Antonio Brown's half a point for the Raiders. Uh, Nick Foles, three points for the Jags. Does that have an impact in your mind then on, on season win total? Well, a three-point upgrade is going to get you another win or two. A half-point upgrade, it might get you one more win, but more than likely not, Ross. So basically for Oakland, i got to tell you, I'm supposed to be a Raider fan because they're coming here in 2020, but I am really down on the Raiders. I have them as my second-worst NFL team right now with the Miami Dolphins, and I only have the Raiders, I only have the Raiders winning five games picking up Trent Brown, picking, picking up Antonio Brown. You know what? Now I think they can win five or six. But I think the market is going to overreact to these acquisitions, um, signings by the Raiders, and they're going to get priced like they're a better team than they really are. You gotta, people forget how bad this Oakland team was for much of last year. They got outscored by almost 200 points. They really were struggling for almost the entire year. Yeah, so what about, so like the Raiders, even though they got LaMarcus Joyner and those guys, it still doesn't have that much of an impact for you. What about like the Buffalo Bills who, you know, or, or the Green Bay Packers? I mean, the Packers signed Zedarius Smith, Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, uh, Billy Turner. The Bills just got Cole Beasley and John Brown and Ty and Secchi and, um, uh, Mitch Morse at center, Tyler Croft at tight end. Even like five or six starters doesn't doesn't have an impact for you? Yeah, well, certainly it does when you stack them all up. So if each one of these guys is worth a quarter to a third of a point, you get four or five or six of them, and they can summate. The summation can be they can be worth a point now, so they can be worth one more win. But really, that's it. The quarterback is king in the NFL. A good quarterback is so much more important than anything else that even having some nice signings doesn't really um, equate to anything more than one more win. Now, when we talk about Buffalo, there's a lot to like about Buffalo, the way they played. You could make the case that they should have won more games last year. Their rookie quarterback, Allen, was coming along nicely at the end of the year. And so there's reasons for optimism, certainly, in Buffalo. There are also, um, Steve, so you're, so right now, you're, are, there, are there anybody with season win total ups, uh, up yet? No one has them up. I would expect, we talked about Jacksonville. I expect a number of eight at Jacksonville, and I will look to play over. The Raiders, I'm expecting to see a number of around six and a half, but I'm really not sure. The Raiders number has been inflated mightily the last couple of years, so who knows what they might put up because people love betting on the Oakland Raiders. A good example, as soon as they signed AB, they like were rushing to the windows to bet Oakland at 100-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Ross, 
Uh, let's just say that that's wildly optimistic, even at 100 to 1, to think Oakland's going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you on that one. How do you come up with where you think the win total numbers are? You're just, by the way, we got to do that, Steve. You and I need to do an episode where we guess what we think they'll be before we find out when they're coming back, you know, when they're coming out over at betonline.ag. Sure. So, like for Oakland, they went 4 and 12 last year. Their stats were horrific. Um, there was nothing fluky at all about that 4 and 12 year. And I expect some regression to the mean for any team that has a record that poor. So I would expect a, a normally a four and 12 team to go up to five and 11, all things being equal. And they do have a, a capable quarterback in car. Usually at any team with a capable quarterback should be able to win six games. But what I really don't like about Oakland is all this distractions. Where are we going to play? Okay. We're going to play in Oakland, but it's our last year. And we got to look ahead to what we're going to do moving to Vegas and I don't like distracted teams. I like teams that have stability, Ross. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. Um, what about, Steve, some of the prop bets I'm already seeing over at betonline.ag? You know, they have like Nick Foles, passing yards, touchdown passes, interceptions, Deshaun Jackson receiving yards, touchdowns, and these are all over-under. Adam Humphreys, Jamison Crowder, Devin Funches. Um, you know, you can even do most interceptions, most sacks between Tyron Matthew, Landon Collins, Terrell Suggs, Trey Flowers. This seems like um, the type of over-under stuff that Evan Silver from the Fantasy Feast and Fantasy Guys would want to get in on that because they do so much in terms of projections and where they think people will be at. Um, do you ever get involved in that? And whether you do or not, do you have any advice or tips for people that might want to bet on that? Yeah, everything is completely backwards when it comes to this stuff in that the professional bettors that I know will bet on this stuff without knowing the players all that well. And so they don't necessarily do so well. And the Evan Silvas and all the fantasy uh, rotisserie guys that are eminently qualified and knowledgeable about how good all these players should be do their projections and they don't actually bet on this stuff, but they should, because think about this. If you're um, following all these players, especially through preseason, the book on this is that you want to find a guy that gets nicked up in preseason. So he's going to play, but he's not a hundred percent. And he's like got some nagging hamstring injury and that sort of thing can really compromise a player over the course of a season. So all of a sudden, these lofty projections, which usually are slightly inflated to begin with, um, especially for a wide receiver or running back, if you can get them to miss a couple of games or just have to play hurt some of the games, that can really help you cash in your unders. My um, advice is always to look under before you look over because um, all it takes is one injury and you cash your bet. So this is like – this is also – Sort of like, is this kind of like the season win totals where people lean to the over? So if you actually total them up, it's going to be like, when in doubt, take the under? Hey, absolutely. And a, great, and a great reason is there's always uncertainty in terms of, you know, look at Denver out of nowhere. They, they, they wind up with a stud running back that gets all the carries. So you just never know when some unknown is going to wind up being the starter for a team, especially a running back. So it's, um, it's extremely dicey to play any starting running back that's not a superstar to go over. I mean, look at, um, 
you know, just what happened with Gurley and the Rams, um, running backs can easily not only be um, replaced, but just have their workload go way down over the course of a season. Great point. Yeah, the, the over-under for Nick Foles passing yards is 3,500 and a half. Um, passing uh, touchdowns is 20 and a half. Interceptions, 12 and a half. He did throw a decent amount of interceptions when he stepped in for the Eagles. Um, Deshaun Jackson, touchdowns, four and a half. And like your initial reaction is, that's it, that's over. But right now, they still have Alshon Jeffrey. They still have Nelson Aguilar. They still have Zach Ertz. They still have Dallas Goddard. I mean, there's only so many touchdowns to go around. Well, look at Julio Jones. All he does is, is amass you know, yardage like crazy, but he can't get into the end zone. I mean, it really depends upon the schemes and the red zone in terms of who winds up getting the touchdowns. I like your, your take on Foles being a gunslinger. And unlike a rookie that would be afraid to have some bad stats, I don't think he would worry at all about having a 30-touchdown and 15-interception year, especially with the Jags going to be behind in some of their games with the uh, difficult schedule for a last-place schedule. So um, because of that, I think that might be worth a look. Let's let's get to some basketball stuff. Now, we're going to hit March Madness Pretty hard next week, hopefully with Dave Mason from betonline.ag. But because we don't usually record until Tuesday or Wednesday, and some people might want to get their bets in Sunday night, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, whatever. Any just one thought for people when it comes to March Madness, filling out their brackets, anything like that. And obviously, we'll dive into it a little bit deeper next week, but I don't even know. We might not record till Wednesday, so a lot of people might already do their brackets by then. Sure. Um, when you're filling out your bracket, you need to know how many people are going to be in that bracket and tailor your picks accordingly. If you're playing heads up against one person, take every single favorite team throughout. Don't even think. That's your optimal strategy, and you'll, you'll win more often than not. If you're playing only against eight or ten people, you've got to be a chalky, chalky bracket, same sort of thing, where you're not going to get benefited to take a 50-to-1 underdog to win at all because there's only ten people in the pool, so think about it. So now you should have a 10% chance to win, so why play a team that has a 2% chance? So you really can only go for the long shots when you play in a huge pool, not just an office pool, but like a national pool. Well, then you can start looking at taking a number six seed to win it all. Um, I would say the number one mistake that people have is they take too many um, big dogs or they don't take any for the most part in these larger pools. Really what you want to do is selectively play a few underdogs such that um, if those underdogs get it done for you going you know, three rounds or more going deep, then you can basically play the rest of your pool mostly chalk. And if you're right about those two or three selective teams, then you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. I like it. I like it a lot. What about, I know you had some NBA thoughts, Steve, because we're going to be heavy. I mean, we'll wrap up the football stuff, the free agency, you know, next week, the other moves that come down over the next week or so. And then we'll also dive hard into the March Madness. We know, man, people, I got to ask Dave, but I I feel like March Madness, Steve, is up there in terms of people betting. Oh, more money being bet on March Madness 
than is being bet on the Super Bowl when you add in the aggregate number of days. Um, as far as, you know, with the, um, with the March Madness, we'll get into that much more deeply, you know, next week. But I would say the number one tip on March Madness is, is look to avoid a super ultra public team that everybody is talking about, even an underdog. Usually they wind up getting very expensive in the marketplace in terms of the pricing. Um, you know, I did want, if we have time, we have time to talk about Golden State in the NBA, Ross? Yes, go for it. You, I got a question for you and all your listeners. Golden State, they are obviously sleepwalking through the year. They're only outscoring their opponents by about six points per game. By contrast, Milwaukee's outscoring their opponents by nine per game. Milwaukee has a better record. Now, Golden State does have the number one record in the West right now, but they just lost to Phoenix at home as a 16.5-point favorite. A 16-point favorite in the NBA, Ross, on average, one, one of those loses every five years. That's how rare an event that really is. So clearly, Golden State, when they're not motivated, they just show up and expect to win. Is it fair to assume that when the playoffs start, they can just flip the switch and be this uh, historically good team? Or do we really have reasons for concern? Now, Vegas says we don't have reasons to be concerned. Right now, if you want to bet Golden State to win the title, you have to risk $250 to win 100 minus 250 the field pays two to one you get the other 29 teams at uh, risk 100 to win 200 and i tell you what i'm starting to lean towards the field i don't like what i'm seeing from golden state yeah i understand that i i guess um the point i would make is if it were football i would be so against golden state right but in basketball it kind of seems like those guys can turn it on, doesn't it? I mean, it kind of seems like some of these guys, like I, I remember you and I talking about that and feeling that way about like LeBron and the Cavs last year. It's like, it feels like in that sport, these guys are able to turn it on. Certainly LeBron and all of his teams would go ahead and coast and get like the number three seed in the East and then just kick butt in the playoffs and make the finals year after year after year. So um, there's something to be said for that. But, um, the, you know, LeBron is a totally different player, especially when he was younger than any other player in the NBA. But maybe you can make the case that the same is true for Curry and Durant. So we will see. But um, in the meantime, it is just amazing to me how many times when I turn on the TV and I watch Golden State, they're no better than any other NBA team that's in the top ten right now. No, I, I I would tend to agree. I mean, it, it, I think I saw something where they've had like a bunch of games where they've lost by 20 plus points. I mean, that's just that that should never happen. It's kind of unbelievable. It it really is. Um what about the Lakers for next year? What I mean, I know you talked about them last year, but I mean, uh last week, but what are you thinking for them? I'm thinking they're in big trouble. Um obviously they wanted to get Anthony Davis. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get him. Further you know, what can they offer up anymore? Because, you know, they're going to trade Kuzma and Ingram and Ball. Well, Ingram now has blood clots, so no one is going to want to take the risk with Ingram, and he's been shut down for the year. Ball's been shut down for the year. All these guys were told they were expendable and that the Lakers were willing to trade them all for Anthony Davis. So if they don't get Anthony Davis, what's the chemistry going to be like when the opponents are all chanting, LeBron's going to trade you when you go on the road? I, um... 
I'm thinking that this could unravel completely for the Lakers. I'll be real curious to see what their season win number is going to be next year. This year it was 48. Obviously, they're not going to win 38, so they're completely underachieving. Uh, there was odds at the All-Star break, will the Lakers win a championship in the next four years? And the Lakers were 2-1. to one. Well, two weeks later, I'm sorry, three weeks later, the Lakers are now 4-1. to one. So the marketplace is completely soured on Showtime and the Lakers. We'll see if they can find a way to turn this around. I do want to get to at least one question with you, Steve, because we always have people that chime in. As I always say to you guys, you can ask Steve any question you want. That's what's so fun about it. All you have to do is take advantage of any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com on the Sponsors tab or just get something at Amazon that you're going to get anyway. Click on the Amazon banner ad over at on the homepage at RossTucker.com. You click through that. We get a little something-something for that, which is nice, or just rate and review the show. Uh, here you go, Steve. It is from the czar. He said, hey, Ross, you and Steve are the best. I use Amazon almost daily and look forward to your Even Money podcast every week. You are the best, czar. If you're using Amazon daily and making sure you you use our landing page after you click through the banner ad, that's huge. My wife does that. Why not give your boy a little something-something for something you're going to buy Anyway, anyway, I took the Dolphins over six and a half wins for a substantial amount. Thank you, Steve and Gronk, for not making the tackle in the Miami Miracle. My question is how much time do I have to cash this ticket as I don't live anywhere near Vegas? I made this bet in May 2018. Does it expire? Keep up the great work, the czar. Yeah, really good question. I have generally have good news for the czar. Um, tickets do expire. They don't expire based upon when you buy it. It's when they actually won. So Miami's that under that over six and a half ticket won on January second or whenever the year ended. In general, um, it all varies. Most sports books tickets have an expiration date that is 120 days after the date of the event. So czar should have until May. However, there are some books that only have 60 days, and in that case, it would have expired. However, in most cases, even if you have an expired ticket, if you bring it to the sports book, they'll go ahead and still run it through accounting for good PR um, reasons and still cash it even though it's been expired. It'll be out of the system, so they'll have to manually pay you. Now, I have had a book not pay me on an expired ticket, so it's not a guarantee but um, certainly you drop Ross and I's name, and that would help if, um, if that was the case. Um, also, on the back of the ticket, you should be able to go ahead and send it in um, to be paid by mail, and they can just send you a check, and there will be an address on the back of every Vegas sports ticket that goes. So there's no problem there. Just snap a photo of it before you mail it in and send it in registered mail, and uh, they can send you out a check as another option. Steve, I love it. I love the questions from our listeners. Nobody is better than you guys, the listeners, with those questions. Please keep them coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. All you have to do is take advantage of any of our sponsors. Heck, you can just go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, get that 50% welcome bonus, and you're golden. It's that easy. That's all you have to do. 
Once you do that, you'll get the email you get when you sign up for everything in life. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. I'll read and reply to it. Steve will reply to it here on the Even Money Podcast, which is pretty cool. So it's that easy. BetOnline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, and do it now with Conference Championship Week coming up, with March Madness coming up. Perfect time to sign up for BetOnline.ag using that promo code PODCAST1 if you have not already. Other than that, I think we're done. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.